0: Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Our guests today have both experienced encouragement from someone who believed in them, their mothers. Our first guest is Jeff Hosteller, a Super Bowl champion quarterback who led the New York Giants to their win in Super Bowl 25. some one and a half months after starting quarterback Phil Simms went out for the year with a broken foot. Jeff shares the ups and downs, frustrations, and rewards of his football career and celebrates the woman who never stopped praying for him and reminding him whose he was and that God had a plan for his life, his mom.
1: Hi, I'm Jeff Hostetler and I played in the NFL for 15 years, Um, a strong Christian man that uh, loves the Lord and grew up in a a great Christian family and um, a father of three grown sons. got four grandkids and just um, uh, one heck of a beautiful wife. I grew up uh, in a small uh, farming town. Um, I call it a farming town. It was uh, a rural area and uh, one of seven kids in a Mennonite family. So we had uh, dairy cows and 18,000 chickens. So um, we had lots of uh, chores to do uh, outside an awful lot, but uh, grew up in a real strong Christian family. mom and dad that uh, led by example. Uh, My mom was the glue. Uh, She was a a strong woman of faith and believed in the power of prayer. And uh, every day, um, you know, we knew where she stood. She loved the Lord. And um, she passed that on to us, um, all seven kids. Growing up Mennonite, um, they were always uh, a tight-knit community. And uh, whenever something would happen that was negative or bad, people uh, all over the community, all over the state uh, would come to help and we experienced that firsthand. It was in 1969. I was uh, at that time eight years old and I can remember waking up uh, with the whole ceiling aglow and wondering what was going on and my mom was screaming, the barn's on fire. And uh, it was a complete devastation. Burned the barn down to the the very uh, bottom. We had just put in uh, I don't know how many thousands of bales of of hay, and um, it was a difficult time because we knew mom and dad. Uh, it was a real struggle because that was their livelihood. That was what uh, uh, allowed us to, you know, maintain our our living and put food on the table. And so uh, we didn't know how we were going to handle it. What was going to happen? And um, you know, through that time, we had people all of a sudden show up and do all this work, uh, the cleanup efforts, the things uh, that were necessary just to get us back to normal. Um, but uh, the Mennonite family, uh, as I call them, because uh, they do stick together. And uh, they're there when when uh, there's times of need. And um, had a big impact on me, because uh, you never know when uh, life changes and when things can um, go from top of the world to the very bottom. and. Uh, when those th- things do happen, to have people show up uh, without words, just show up and help, um, it's powerful. I started playing football when I was, you know, uh, I don't even know when I started, to be honest with you. In the backyard, I had two older brothers that had started to play, and it was always my two older brothers against my younger brother and I, so we used to get the, the tar kicked out of us. And uh, um, but we did a lot of playing in the backyard, uh, in between you know doing uh, doing chores and and um, taking care of things on the farm. But uh, it was something that uh, we realized, um, and I say that as my brothers uh, would say too, that we were really talented. Um, God gave us the gift of uh, some athleticism, and uh, it was something that kind of uh, came naturally for us. And uh, never ever dreamed that. I would go to school, play football and and have my college paid on a scholarship to play football, and then uh, eventually be paid to play the game and um, you know I, I can look back at that and I know that God had uh, a plan for me has a plan for me, but that plan uh, included the game of football because um, uh, he's taken me from this little farm boy, this little Mennonite farm boy uh, to the peak, and um, awful blessed to be able to. To uh, have that platform to go ahead and and um, tell people about you know my Savior my Lord um, and uh, what he can do in times of need and what he can do uh, when you think that it isn't possible he can do. As a senior in high school I was a quarterback and a linebacker and uh, uh, after the first game we lost our tailback and so my coach came back and asked me if I would move from quarterback to tailback and let my younger brother be the quarterback and I thought yeah I'll do that. So I actually never played quarterback my senior year. Um, I was a Parade All-American as a linebacker coming out of high school. Somehow God used that to take me into uh, a professional career and um, to the top of that professional career through uh, the Super Bowl. So I started out at Penn State. I followed my two older brothers and um, Started out as a freshman and played in five or six games as a quarterback, uh, as a freshman, which was uh, um, pretty amazing at that time. And uh, started my sophomore year, started the first three games of the season as the starter, and then uh, was told after that game we had lost a game and uh, told that uh, he was gonna make a move, Joe was gonna make a move, and he was gonna start another guy. And um, I I had a very difficult time with that because I didn't feel like uh, I had deserved that. I felt like I had deserved to, to continue to be the starter and, and to play, and it um, was a real frustrating time in my life, uh, trying to figure out why, God. I've worked so hard uh, to get to this position, and I've earned it, and yet um, it's being taken away from me. I mean, what, what, what's the purpose of this? You know? And really struggled with um, you know, where I was at, why I was there in my faith. And uh, again, go back to my mom and dad, uh, my mom would constantly uh, tell me, Jeff, God's got a plan for you and um, you know you just have to keep plugging away. And seeing the example that my uh, dad would set, uh, being on a farm, there are things that always went wrong. and yet constantly, every day get up and continue to plug away, continue to plug away. There was no quit. And so, um, you know, I, I had that mentality, uh, but it was it was tough, um, and just felt like okay, uh, if I'm here, you know, God's got a reason for it. I've got to make the best of it, and was able to at that time just put it all aside. I remember my dad telling me that uh, don't let one person ever determine your fate, okay? And and that it, it made sense to me. If God wants me to be the starter, I'll be the starter. If He wants me here, I'll be here. If He wants me elsewhere, I'll be elsewhere and found real peace in that um, and was able to throw all these uh, things off my shoulders and just have some fun. I got a chance to play later in the season and played uh, probably one of my best games ever and uh, was told that I would start the next game and then I didn't. And then I was told I would start the bowl game and I didn't. And I finally made the decision that... um, you know, it was time for me to move on. I know God wanted me uh, to play the game. I know He had a plan for me. I just didn't know where it was gonna be. Um, and He took me to West Virginia. And when I came down, I fell in love with the coach. Um, I fell in love with the people. I fell in love with uh, the city of Morgantown. And I thought, uh, this is where God wants me. I fell in love with His daughter, too. Uh, I saw her, and I can remember at the time uh, seeing her and thinking, um, you know, she was cute. And she had a boyfriend that was there. But uh, I can remember my mom telling me at the time. Uh, she kind of nudged me and said, "Wow, she's really cute. You might want to see if you can date her." And you know, it was funny because I just said, "Come on, mom," and uh, never really thought about it. But uh, a year or so later, uh, the opportunity seemed to uh, God put us in the same place, and there was a um, um, a connection there. There was something there that uh, you know drew me to to her, and uh, sure enough. Thirty-four years later, um, you know, I know the reason God drew me to her. She's, uh, she's my soulmate. Coming out of uh, uh, my senior year, uh, there was a lot of interest uh, in me in the draft. Uh, I was one of the top two quarterbacks that they thought would go. And um, yeah, you know, I had never really thought about ever playing uh, in the NFL at the time. I think as a boy, you grow up and you, you kind of. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna play here, I'm gonna do this, or I'm gonna do that, but I really never can remember thinking that was my goal. Um, I really never had that goal. If it happened and God led me in that direction and opened doors that I was uh, gonna be there, I knew it was gonna be because he wanted me there. And sure enough, uh, draft came along, and it was an up and down day. You know, it was a a battle because I was supposed to be uh, taken in the first round, uh, one of two guys uh, to be taken, and uh, here neither of us got taken in the first. Uh, He ended up getting taken in the late second, and I was uh, uh, the third pick of the third. And so um, the New York Giants uh, was going to be my home, and I'm thinking, you know, what am I gonna do in New York? What, what, what's it gonna be like? Um, you know, there was some disappointment there but there was excitement because I know uh, it was a new chapter and um, there was a place where God wanted me to be for some reason. My NFL career didn't start out as uh, as I would have liked and uh, there was a lot of frustration. I didn't see the playing field my first year at all. And um, the second year I came in, Um, was just looking for a way to get on the field, to try to do anything that I could. Uh, I ended up being behind a starter that uh, uh, was his first year full-time starting, uh, my first year coming into the league, and he played well, he played really well. And so um, there was this sense of not knowing if I was ever going to get an opportunity, when it would come, uh, the pressure of it to see how you play the game, uh, the speed of the game, all these things were big jumps Uh, From college into the NFL, and so, you know, there were doubts uh, that creep into your mind when you don't get an opportunity to step out onto the field, and you wonder, you know, can I do this? Um, And if you don't have an opportunity to do it, you can't prove it to yourself or or to others. So, uh, lots of times in the NFL, uh, your worth is based on your performance, and so when you don't have an opportunity to perform. Um, it's a struggle trying to maintain what you feel like your worth is. And it's one of the things that I think, faith-wise, helped me get through that time. Uh, because I realized that my worth wasn't based on my performance out on the field. And uh, that's a tough thing to, to be able to handle in that. And I, I, um, I know why God had me in the NFL. I know why He had me in football. If you look at my Bible, uh, my Bible is outlined, underlined, um, pages turned down. And all those times were during football. Uh, those were the times when, um, you know, my heart was uh, was struggling, and I needed uh, to know that um, you know, God had me and that He had a plan for me. And uh, I go through that at times and look and and see the pain at times, the hope at times, uh, just through those highlights or, or underlines. And I know, you know, God had me there for that reason. He was teaching me a lot of things. Um, he taught me about patience. You know, my mom was a prayer warrior. And so, um, you know, I know that she was constantly there and look back at times and know that the only way that I made it through some of those times um, was the prayers of uh, my family and and members of the faith. So um, the uh, seventh year of my career, uh, you know, we came into the season and I was the backup at the time and played real well during the, the um, uh, preseason so I I felt really good about that and felt like I deserved an opportunity to play and I even had the head coach at that time tell me that uh, I deserved to see the the, the field to uh, to play but I was also behind a guy that was playing really really well and so I didn't know if I was gonna have any opportunities or not but I felt better as to where I was professionally um, and uh, and then all of a sudden I think it was somewhere around the third or fourth game of the season um, Bill Sims was the starter. He went down. I came in, and uh, we ended up winning a game. We were down 19 to 10 with five minutes left in the game, and uh, was able to bring us back and win the game with the last uh, second field goal. And so it was a um, it was an awesome opportunity for me to go out and show and do something that I've always wanted to do but never had the opportunity. Uh, about a couple two three weeks later, uh, out of the blue, we're in the middle of a game. Sims is is fine, he's playing, and Parcells yelled out, Hostetler, you're in. Um, He was testing me, and this was during a game where the outcome was not decided, and uh, gave me the opportunity, came in. uh, Phil wasn't hurt, went in, uh, we drove the field. uh, uh, I scored on a uh, scramble, and um, it, it gave me a lot of confidence because I knew the guys around me all believed that I could play and my head coach believed that I could play. And he was testing me and he put me in and I passed. God taught me so many things during that period of time. Uh, things that I could never, ever have been able to understand or fathom uh, or believe. And uh, talk about patience and perseverance and, and dedication and, and belief in uh, your self-worth. Uh, My mom used to tell me this when I was in uh, high school. Whenever I'd leave at night to go out uh, with my buddies, she would tell me, remember who you are and whose you are. And it used to really bother me, because she was always putting that in my head before I left, and how could I go out and do something that I knew that they wouldn't approve of when she's telling me, remember who you are and whose you are. And I remembered who I was, and I know I was was God's. And I, I know where I came from, and I know whose I am having a constant at home with mom and dad telling me that uh, God's got a plan for you, son. I mean, um, my mom was constantly praying for me and constantly um, sending me little quotes and sending me verses and and encouraging me and telling me God's God's gonna reveal it to you. Um, Just stay focused, um, stay diligent. And um, it's an emotional time because uh, um, we ended up getting into the playoffs. Um, And at that time, Our team was struggling somewhat. And so when Phil went down, there was this outpouring of negativity. Um, How could they? They've lost all their opportunities to win this Super Bowl, uh, to get into the playoffs, win a Super Bowl, because now they have a backup that has never played the game. And um, so it was a tough time, uh, but it was also a time that I was looking forward to. And I, I felt like God had prepared me for that. And my mom uh, especially was, was behind uh, the scenes there constantly uplifting me in prayer and uh, continuing to throw verses at me and encourage. And, and, and so um, through the uh, season, we ended up winning our last two games of the season. And then uh, we played the Chicago Bears in our first playoff game. And I played really, really well and next week we're playing the San Francisco 49ers who are going for a three-peat. They'd won the last two Super Bowls and heavily favored against Joe Montana. And there was all this negative stuff about the comparison between him and me and that we weren't gonna have a chance. We had played them earlier in the season and lost. And so there was no chance, no chance at all. And yet uh, I felt like God had me there for a reason and and, uh, our team felt like, hey, we're going out. We're a different team. Uh, that's why you play the game. And so we went out, we're playing, and uh, we're in the third quarter, I believe, um, fourth quarter, something like that, and I drop back to, to pass, and uh, a guy comes in, hits me right on the knee, uh, straight on, and I go down, I heard a pop and felt burning. and I knew uh, from my playing days, knew what an injury was like, knew what a tear uh, of a ligament was, uh, was like. And I knew I was done. And I, I remember just laying there. I was still laying on the ground and just um, broken because I thought, God, after waiting all this time and having this opportunity and being so close um, to go out like this, uh, I just I couldn't speak. Uh, I was devastated. And I remember laying there and laying there and laying there and thinking, uh, what am I going to do? And, and just being heartbroken. And then all of a sudden, uh, the doctors are there and they're asking me questions and I, 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 I'm not responding and then I just felt this this tingling come down through me and just this peace and um, was able to get up and, and start to walk off and it didn't feel right but yet I felt like you know I might be able to do this um, I knew something wasn't right but I felt you know maybe I can continue and was able to get onto the sideline and felt like okay I think it's stable enough I'm gonna go uh, was able to go back out, lead us back uh, to a, um, a drive at the end of the game to kick the game-winning field goal, to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, the next week, we win the Super Bowl. My mom and dad are in the stands. They watch uh, their son uh, win a game, win a Super Bowl that they um, had always dreamed of. Um, six weeks later, my mom died. And um, so uh, it was after her funeral, I was home, and uh, we were going through some of her things and I came across um, this little booklet, and it was her prayer journal. And uh, she was, um, it was actually her football prayer journal because uh, it was all the stats of the games that she would watch. And here she couldn't make it out to the San Francisco game. And so she's sitting there and she's watching the game, and she's got all the stats on there, and she has things that people are saying. And and then all of a sudden there's this um, area at the bottom where she says, Lord, heal my son. Heal my son. Heal my son. All right? And you go back and you time it out. And she's watching the game and she says, I go down and then it's heal my son, heal my son, heal my son. And I had that feeling come over me. Uh, That's a woman of prayer uh, uh, that believed the power of prayer. Um, She's with the Lord now. But I know uh, at that time um, God honored her prayer. And She was an integral part of who I am. I'm just so blessed. You know, I just, um, the Lord's been so good. And He's taken me uh, to places I've never dreamed that I would be. Um, He's provided me with things that I never dreamed that I would ever have. Um, uh, A wife that is uh, my best friend, a family that I grew up with a, a, a background that's I, I would never trade for anything and uh, it's not been easy and yet I can honestly say I would never trade any of them uh, because I I can see how God has used those and um, how he has blessed me or others through those things football provided me um, with a uh, an opportunity uh, actually it kind of forced me into uh, having more of a devotional time because it was so tough on me uh, and uh, having that uh, be uh, having that have passed and getting into life without football uh, having a devotional time at times has been a struggle it's just uh, um, you know trying to find the time you get so busy and you get going here and there and with your kids and this and that and yet I know how important it is so it was uh, for me, it wasn't as consistent as it needs to be or needed to be. And um, one of the greatest things happens, has happened to me in the last uh, since the first of the year was Jesus Calling. Uh, that devotional. It's it's given me the opportunity. It never leaves my kitchen counter because I come out in the morning and there it is, and I open it up and try to be consistent in reading. And um, it's been an awesome. Um, instructional guideline for me. It gives me a perspective of of what God may be saying to me just on a one-to-one basis you know and how he might uh, um, verbalize that to me. It's a different perspective um, but the thing I think that I take away from it the most is uh, there's so much in there about just trusting me you know and he's constantly uh, the devotional just tells you uh, as he would say to just trust me trust me and uh, as humans it's a difficult thing to do because we always want to have our hands on something or we want to um, control it in one way or another. We feel like we can do it. I want control over what my day is going to look like, you know, who I talk to, what my time schedule is and that. And uh, at times you can't do that and the devotional has been a a constant God just actually talking to me and telling me, trust me. And uh, I wouldn't be doing the things that I do today uh, if it weren't for my mom and dad uh, dragging us out of the house, sometimes by taking the ear and pulling us and saying, Listen, we're going to this family. They're struggling right now. We're going to go take them some food and some gifts. You're coming. And never wanting to do that. Come on, Mom. And, um, you know, it changed me, uh, remembering who you are and who's you are. It changed me. To
0: read more about Jeff Hosteller and to find out more about the charitable work he is doing in his community, please visit HaasFoundation.com. That's hoss we will be right back with our next guest after this message about a free offer from Jesus Calling. Want a daily reminder that we can have hope, peace, and joy each day in Jesus? Now it's as easy as opening an email. The Jesus Calling Daily Email brings you a thought from the Jesus Calling family of devotionals every day brighten up your inbox with this little reminder and take a minute to connect with God during your day to sign up to get your free daily thought from Jesus calling please visit jesuscalling.com daily dash email that's jesuscalling.com daily Dash email our next guest is popular speaker best-selling author and groundbreaking social researcher shanti felden Shanti discusses the pressure women, and especially moms, feel to do it all. Between working, parenting, helping others, and staying involved with church, they can be incredibly stressed out. She encourages women to seek rest, and advises on how we can refresh and recharge emotionally, mentally, and spiritually.
2: I'm Shanti Feldhahn. I'm a social researcher, and um, an author, and a speaker, and a wife and a mom to two teenagers. I think all of us as women have discovered that finding rest is really, really difficult. Um, and part of it is external pressure, but a lot of it is internal pressure. Um, the The world around us just brings so much at us. There's so many different choices, and uh, there's so many cool things that we want to do. And we've kind of got this idea that we should be able to do it all, <laughs> and we should be able to be superwoman. And there's something wrong with us if we're if we're not. Um, but also I think there's an internal thing of like, you know, I matter more if I'm busy. Like if my calendar is full, I feel better about myself. Women in particular have incredibly high levels of stress today is that it causes all sorts of problems like personally and, um, and medically. I know that sounds crazy, but you get all sorts of issues from lack of sleep. I mean, you can have all sorts of diseases that are just caused because you're not getting enough sleep. I know that sounds nuts, but that's something the medical community has been finding over the past number of years. And neuroscientists have been tracing all of these um, anxiety disorders and you know all of these physical disorders purely back to the level of stress that we're carrying around on our shoulders. As I started to look at how can we solve this and realizing that the promise that God gives us in the Bible and the promise that Jesus gives us is actually in context of work that we can find rest in the middle of busyness. Because if you look at the great, there's a great scripture that all of us are probably familiar with. Um, Where Jesus says, you know, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, right? That whole passage, a yoke, take my yoke upon you, that's an image of being handed like as a beast of burden, a horse or an oxen who's going to plow a field, and a yoke helps you do that, right? It helps you pull the plow. Um, and it's not, oh, here, let me take the yoke off of you and send you back to the barn to rest. It's no, in the middle of the day, you're in the heat of the day, you are plowing, you are working, you're probably sweating. My yoke is upon you and you will find rest for your souls. That to me is a blow your mind promise that it is it is not realistic for us to slow down forever. It is not realistic for us to think that we're no longer going to have a busy life. And yet, to me, the promise is that Jesus, promi- Jesus says, even in the middle of that, you can find rest. I know this sounds funny, but we're essentially trying to chase doing everything that we want to do in the way that we want to do it, to have it all and be it all and do it all, all at the same time, and not be anxious and not worry and have rest and it's like you know that doesn't work like we have to adjust what it is and look at what jesus says to do to find rest in the middle of that busyness it was not long after jesus calling first came out um that like many many people um you know many women especially people started saying have you have you read jesus calling have you gotten that yet and um you, man, you need this, you know, you're on the road all the time, um, this devotional would speak to you. And I ended up, actually, ironically, I ended up being at one of my events um, where I was speaking, we were selling my books, and the organizers um, were also selling um, a few other books that they felt were highly recommended for women on this women's retreat, and one of them was Jesus Calling. And so I ended up picking it up there. I think it was like September or something. It was like, you know, starting the fall. And I took um, the devotional out um, to sit on the porch of the, the little retreat lodge where my room was. Um, to just, you know, flip through it. And, um, you know, started where we were in September at the time. And I, I can just remember I had tears rolling down my face at this beautiful premise of... You know, that Jesus is talking to me every day with this little bit of insight and wisdom that clearly, you know, God gave Sarah Young um, straight from the Holy Spirit um, to be able to shift how we think about things and to have that, again, that sort of refreshing drop of water for the day. I am so busy as a wife, as a mom, as a speaker, as a social researcher, as an author. Everybody else that I know, every other woman that I know is so busy. Um, my guess is that it's the same. My guess is that there are some, probably some little things that if we just changed this or if we just knew that, that things could be so much different. And so that's why I embarked on this project to be able to figure out what are the primary causes of stress and anxiety and worry for us as women and what are the little things that are going to make a big difference not just because I need it but because all my girlfriends need it (laughs) and everybody listening to this needs it. I was blown away as I started to see that there's really there really are some very small things that'll make a difference to us finding rest for our souls. You know that Jesus promises us is is there for us, um, and that's you know where I realized there were these little elements um, that of rest that we're just not seeing, we're not thinking about, we're not doing, um, and it's no wonder that we're stressed and anxious. Um, And if we just switched a few things, it would be different. And um, I also, I also realized, you know, God set this up for me um, to be able to do this as a devotional, which is nothing I've ever done before. I've never written a devotional. I realized, you know, having a book where I put all of the, here's your solution to finding rest. And you go read this book for an hour it's not going to necessarily change your life. Like it's it's going to feel overwhelming. Like, oh my gosh, I need to do all these things differently. Um, and it seems really hard, you know, and a book that seems really hard about finding rest would be counterproductive. And, um, and so really, I felt like God set this up as a daily devotional. Um, there's 60 days where it's just a little nugget a little change a little aha moment a little water to your parched soul every day with an opportunity to say how does this truth apply to me and it does it's not a lot of work it sort of gets absorbed you learn a little something about for example shifting your perspective so that you're focusing on the things that are you know worthy of praise rather than what's worthy of driving you crazy And how, how do I, how do I have the wrong perspective sometimes? And what are some good things to focus on? And let me write them down, um, for just, you know, take a minute here to jot them down. And now suddenly you've jotted it down. It's in your mind. You've got that in your heart for the day and you don't have to start working on it all purposefully. It's just kind of in there. And then the next day is something completely different. And little by little by little, suddenly you'll realize I am finding more rest. And it's not that suddenly I'm less busy because I'm just as busy as I've ever been, but I have that rest in my soul. Why does finding rest matter? Like what, why, you know, it's you listening to me, you might be going, what? <laughs> you know, why? what do you mean? Why does it matter? Because I'm stressed, you know, and I, I need some downtime. And yeah, okay, gotcha. But why does God promise us that we can find rest and why is that important from a bigger picture perspective and and i think the answer to that um and this is actually one of the days um in the devotional that we really tackle this is that we have to recognize that this life is if we've given our heart to the lord if we've given our life to the lord and said i'm yours at this point from from this point on um this life isn't about us right? It's not about me. As much as, as, much as I might like to think, it's all about me. Um, it's not. And we're supposed to not be stressed and to find rest, um, not be anxious. You know, God says, don't be anxious for anything. All of that isn't just so that we have a happier life, um, so that we can be better servants. It's so that we can um. Actually, accomplish the things that God has called us to accomplish. One of the things that we have to recognize is that God has designed us to be plugged into Him constantly, certainly every day, but regularly, even beyond just sort of a, a official quiet time in the morning um, where you do your daily devotional. You know, the idea of plugging into Him is so crucial. And on day four of um, of the of my of find rest i put this in here so i'm just going to read um a paragraph or two here um so we're talking you know talking about the things we easily rely on you know we can rely on our caffeine fix or we can rely on friends or to make us feel important or a husband to make us feel lovable um but these power sources don't cut it they can't quite get our battery to a full charge We're left feeling frustrated, run down, let down, and even defeated. There's only one real energy source and it's not found at the coffee shop. It's found in that moment when we come before the one who understands every minute detail about us and longs to give power to those who know that they are weary and weak before him. You may feel like you need a nap, but he never grows weary. You may feel weak in the knees as you struggle to understand how to handle a difficult relationship but he gives you strength. He provides guidance and wisdom and fills every single need of your heart. His charge will take hold and fill you. But here's the catch. You need to plug into him. And, um, and it actually reminds me of, um, there's a day in Jesus Calling. You know, when I first read Jesus Calling, I was, I bought it. It was in September and I was, you know so struck by it i sat there reading it you know as i think i said you know with tears rolling down my face and um because of the promise um sort of that is embedded in the way god speaks through this and so it reminds me of september 15th i'm just going to read this rest in me my child this time devoted to me is meant to be peaceful not stressful you don't have to perform in order to receive my love I have boundless, unconditional love for you. How it grieves me to see my children working for love, trying harder and harder, yet never feeling good enough to be loved. Be careful that your devotion to me does not become another form of works. I want you to come into my presence joyfully and confidently. You have nothing to fear, for you wear my own righteousness. Gaze into my eyes and you will see no condemnation, only love and delight in the one I see. Be blessed as my face shines radiantly upon you, giving you peace.
0: To find out more about Shanti's devotional, Find Rest, a woman's devotional for lasting peace in a busy life. Please visit shantifelden.com. You can also visit JesusCalling.com slash podcast to find the transcript for this interview and links to resources from both Jeff and Shanti. Next time on the Jesus Calling podcast, we begin a series of podcasts featuring country music artists as we count down the weeks to CMA Fest, a celebration of country artists in Nashville, Tennessee. Our first guest in that series is the nonstop international duo, the Bellamy Brothers, who were recently inducted into the Florida Artists Hall of Fame. They have also announced their autobiography, Let Your Love Flow, Life and Times of the Bellamy Brothers, which came out in April of 2017.
1: We've toured in 72 countries, and you see good people everywhere. You know, I don't care what country you go to, there's really good people, and they're all, they all are concerned about their families, the same thing, the same things. You see people come and enjoy a big smile with a big smile and enlightened hearts, you know, that's, you know, you've done your job.
0: Do you love hearing great stories of faith each week via the Jesus Calling Podcast? We want to hear from you. If you haven't already subscribed to the Jesus Calling Podcast, visit the Jesus Calling page at iTunes.com and hit the subscribe button. While you're there, we'd love for you to leave us a review and tell us how you feel about the show and what future guests you'd love to see. Your reviews and subscription help us share these stories of faith to more people who need the hope and encouragement of Jesus Calling. If you have your own story to share, we'd love to hear from you. Visit JesusCalling.com to share your story today.